Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy at 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spicker. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs 1110 kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. David, welcome back. Hey, Rob. How are you doing, my friend? I'm excited. Yeah. It's Thanksgiving week. It's Thanksgiving week. Love Thanksgiving. What a beautiful time of the year. It really is. It's our family's favorite holiday because of the time that we get to have with our extended family, which I know is a real gift. Mm. Uh, we'll travel to be able to do that, but it's a, it's a time we really look forward to. Mm. Yeah. Love, love this season. Do you feel really strict about Christmas decorations being post Thanksgiving or are you more loose yeah, yes. around your house? Oh, for sure. Yes. Post Thanksgiving. Post Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. That's a longer answer, whether that was a yes or no. Yeah. I definitely Christmas music after Thanksgiving, although that's my perspective, not, not shared necessarily by all of my family members. It's complicated that way. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of where I stand on that. How about you? I love it. I've, I've, I would be more in the camp of post, but I see how much joy it causes my family that to do it before. And I just, I'm like, I'm not going to be the Grinch in this scenario. Right. And just be really stingy about the rules. It does. It feels like it goes against the spirit of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've embraced an alternate way of doing things and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. That's good. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really interesting segue when you think about, you know, fit, navigating the emotions around decorations mm-hmm. that is tease up our conversation beautifully of what we're going to talk about today even the timing of heading into the Thanksgiving holiday, we're going to tackle the all-important subject of emotional intelligence. Yes, this is a big one for leaders, for sure. And, you know, particularly as I think about this time of year, there's just a lot of emotions that people feel. So very relevant topic for us to discuss. Absolutely. I, I get excited about this one. I love, I love, love, love when we get to go here with the leaders that we work with. Because this, this is really conversations that that require us to dig deep and be really introspective and thinking like what are the what are the things that motivate our behavior on the surface? Maybe that's the psychology major in me. So I'm really excited for this conversation. I'm really excited to have our listeners, if they have the ability to listen to this heading into the holiday season. And I think this is a really there's a lot of different offshoots of how this could be helpful, like you mentioned, not just at work, but at home, because we're gonna, you know. Folks are spending a good amount of time with with extended family in the coming weeks. So, all right, David, before we we jump really too far into it, let's just level set here. Give us a working definition for emotional intelligence, often referred to as EQ. Just kind of unpack for our listeners who may be less familiar with that term. Just just what is it? Yeah, simply, it's just the ability to understand and manage our own emotions as well as recognize and influence the emotions of those around you. Mm. So it's being in touch with our feelings. Mm. And gosh, for many of us, that can be 
very difficult to do, or it might feel unnecessary or soft or weak to do, to get in touch with our feelings and the feelings of those around us. And typically, too, when we're talking to business leaders, this can be difficult to do in a work context mm. because, you know, a work context is usually centered on production or getting things done. Or keeping it um, professional. Or keeping it professional, leaving our personal things at the door mm. uh, because we don't want to be seen as weak or vulnerable in the workplace. So we'll talk through that, particularly its importance for leaders to be uh, very gifted when it comes to EQ. Mm. Yeah, I think when people hear that term EQ, it could, you know, they may think of IQ. And I think that's a helpful even differentiation between the two. You know, IQ is something that is set, right? That you're born with that does not change over time. Your your whatever that IQ number is. I've never actually found mine out. I'm maybe a little scared too. <laughs> do you do you know your IQ? David? I don't. And me too. Okay. I don't I don't want it, to I don't ignorance want to is bliss, right? It's yeah. like right. I don't want to check the test. I, I feel like it I mean, just no, I'm not going to do it. But this this concept of EQ is non-fixed, which I love because when we talk to leaders about this concept, they may be coming from very different lived experiences, different different reps in this space when it comes to handling emotion, both for themselves and for those around them. And I think what becomes encouraging is that this is not fixed and that you can build this muscle. This is something that you can get better at over time when you practice. And you know, versus IQ, which is which is not something you can necessarily improve. EQ is. Yeah, and it's important too to recognize that so can others. Others can yes. grow yes. in EQ. And it's very tempting to say and make a judgment on someone that, oh, they just don't have EQ. <laughs> right. um, they're not the right person for this job. And, you know, there may be circumstances that would make that make sense, but we can't write people off in this category. There are definitely ways that people can grow in this and have market improvement in what it looks like to, to develop EQ. Mm. So when we think about this concept, why specifically when we think about this concept in the context of leadership, why is EQ, because I think there's a case to be made that EQ matters for all people, right? Can you make the case specifically for why it matters for leaders? Yeah, well, it's it's critical for the most effective leaders. If you want to be effective and in leading people, you need to have high EQ. And that's simply a result of the fact that we're leading people. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that we're not leading necessarily systems or tasks to get done. Robots, but, yeah. But we're leading people who come in all of their shapes and sizes and personalities and backgrounds and perspectives and and emotions and feelings and, and stories uh, stories mm. yeah and very complex and very gray in terms of wading into the waters of people management and leadership and if you think that you know most of our leaders what we're helping them realize is that they're leaders of people they're not just leaders of companies or businesses or, or again, systems that they've put together to make their business work, they are 
developing people. Mm. And if there's ever a skill that you need in the leadership and development of people, it's going to be EQ, emotional intelligence, because people respond when their leaders uh, connect to the ways that make them tick, their motivations, their the, the things that, that are at the heart level, their their particular why and what gets them up in the morning. And when leaders know how to tap into that, and as you can imagine, there's not a formula with this either hmm. because every person is different. And so each person is going to need a special level of insight and intuition by the leader to understand how to connect to what makes them tick. You see this particularly in, on athletic teams and coaches who over time realize you know, what kinds of methods that they use, EQ that they use with their different players, knowing who needs to be pushed hard and who needs to be given a little bit of a nudge and, mm. you know, all of the, the different ways in which they understand how to treat their their players. So it's the same thing in the business context. And you can imagine this is takes time, takes a lot of intentionality, and the willingness to be able to, and the ability to be able to step back and see things while all of the activity is going on at work. Yeah, it's it's huge. And I think that even this conversation can feel huge when you think about managing emotion. It probably brings up a lot for different listeners, depending on their journey with this. And I think even the research that Brene Brown has done on uh, emotional intelligence comes to mind, you know, that the survey that she, that took five years, interviewed 7,000 people and asked how many emotions can they name? And the average was across 7,000 people was three. Three emotions, happiness, anger, and sadness. Happy, mad, sad. Mm -hmm. And then she, you know, goes to unpack how so much more complex it is, you know, and yet people only have the tools to name three. And then you, you know, see the chart that she's mapped out where beneath those, there's so many offshoots. I think it's close to 80 different emotions that are all unpacked in those categories. And so this is just so much more of a nuanced conversation and it can feel really big. So help, help hone us in here and kind of give us some guardrails here, David, when it, when it comes to emotional intelligence, there are five key factors, right? That are kind of provide a lattice for this conversation and some structure to it. Can you just unpack each of those for our listeners? And then we're, we'll obviously spend some time where it's appropriate when it comes to, to leadership. But I think that would be really helpful to kind of hone, hone us in here when people are hearing, Hey, are you going to go one by one through all 80 of those emotions? Cause I don't know if I'm, I want to sign up for this right now. Yeah. So number one is self-awareness. So starting uh, with ourselves, which is what we talk about in our work when we say the first quality of a just leader is to see the whole playing field. And we start with seeing ourselves first. And we say, you know, just leaders are incredibly self-aware. So it starts with our own emotions first, looking inside and becoming really knowledgeable of ourselves. Now, here's the challenge. According to research by organizational psychologist Tasha Urich, 95% of people think they're self-aware, but only 10 to 15% actually are. 
So I, I'm not sure how she discovered that, but it's not surprising to know that a lot of us go about our day feeling like we <clears throat> are very in tune with who we are and what we're about, and yet we're not quite as in tune as we are. Hmm. When we talk about helping our leaders see themselves, we talk about things like, what are your blind spots? Have you asked people what your blind spots are that you can't see? Have you asked others to identify the things that you are, your, your facades, the ways in which you hide things or act like everything is together? And it appears that you're not being quite open or honest or vulnerable, which people can see a mile away. So these are things that we do, you know, we do assessments of leaders, you know, to help them understand feedback from those that they're leading to understand their strengths and areas of growth around their leadership. So it's a very important for people and leaders to, to grow EQ by starting with self-awareness. Number two is self-regulation. So once you know your emotions and how you operate, then it's, developing the the skill and the insight for how you re, re, regulate your emotions in different circumstances, um, knowing how to manage them in times of stress, times of anxiety, times when you're bored and not a lot going on, times when there's real tragedy and sadness, and times when there's joy and excitement. The goal is not to be, you know, always steady in each of those times necessarily. That doesn't regulate, doesn't necessarily mean that, but it's it's to be aware of what our emotions are and be willing to go there with them during those times where we experience those different seasons or those different events. Third is motivation. Do we understand what motivates us? What's our why? What's at the root of who we are and what motivates us? And then also, are we helping the people around us to understand their motivation? And do mm. we understand their motivations mm. and their whys? Fourth is empathy, which is a big one, something we can get into a little bit more. But leaders who excel in social awareness practice em empathy. They strive to understand their colleagues' feelings and perspectives. And that enables them to communicate and collaborate with their colleagues and their peers and those they lead more effectively. Empathy is this idea of helping people know that they're not alone, that we really are able to get into their world and see things from their viewpoint. It's significant for leaders to be able to do that. And there's even research that shows that empathy is the number one leadership skill. Wow. And that leaders who master empathy perform more than 40% higher in coaching, engaging others, and decision-making. So going back to what I was saying before, if we feel like this is soft, you mm -hmm. know, or yeah, this what's is a role in the workplace, yeah. this is a weak skill, you know, to get in touch with our feelings. You want to be 40% higher in coaching, engaging others, and decision-making, hmm. then we need to grow in what it means to get in touch with the ways people are feeling and how they feel known and heard so that they don't feel like they're alone. And then finally, five is social skills, just general social skills. You know, the ability to navigate 
you know, in a room with mm. different types of people. If you picture yourself at a party, I'm the kind of guy who loves to just talk to one per- person in the corner for a long time. But there are other people who like to bebop around <laughs> the party and meet a lot of people and engage with a lot of people. Either one of those, you know, you have social skills that allow you to know how to engage in environments like that for you to know how to connect with people and again, connect with their motivations and their feelings. So those are the five qualities, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. Yeah, that's those are really helpful to think about, especially that empathy piece. I think that's the one that we usually camp out the most when it comes to the conversations that we have with leaders. I mean, they're all in, a, you can't really choose just one. They're a package deal. But I think the empathy one feels really accessible and really can broaden a leader's awareness and even broaden their self-awareness by talking about empathy and the importance that it plays in the workplace, in their leadership, and how to teach and coach them to be more empathetic leaders, which gets back to what you talked about of this idea of you know, really redefining what leadership is. Leadership is not avoiding vulnerability because it's a vulnerable act to practice empathy. Because if someone's down in the hole emotionally, you're getting down in the hole with them versus mm-hmm. talking from the surface down to them about how they just need to suck it up and get back to work, get, get back up here and, and be efficient again. Um, and, it's and huge. Let, let me just say, this is, this is tough because I know some listening to this will go, yeah, but I need them to be productive. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there are some really emotional people that I work with at work, and sometimes their emotions are inappropriate in the mm. way that they display those in, emotions. And I, I don't know if I can trust them because they are expressing themselves, or they don't just don't feel like they have the way, the ability to persevere through these challenges. And so th- that's again a gray area, and it's right. hard to diagnose because you know we're not in those situations to know exactly what's going on there. Hmm. But there's a the re- real skill of a leader is to understand where to push so that people can be productive in their work and then where to sit with them and engage with them in those emotions, in the ways that they're feeling and knowing that maybe that's not the time to really push. But hmm. eventually that method or that, posture is going to help them then become uh, the kind of employee we need them to be. I'm so glad you you took it there because you're right. The, it very much a gray situation. This is not a one size fits all perspective that we're talking about. I think that you need to know your employees to know who who needs to be, you know, get to get that nudge and who who needs to be sat with, right? And in order to do that, you've got to really have done the work for yourself to know how to enter those spaces well and and spent the time with your employees to even be able to read them well and know what they need you know and this can be it's highly individualized it is what works for one employee could be the exact opposite just like the sports analogy right how do you coach one player for maximum results could look very different you know tough love never worked for me on the basketball court i i did not respond to it well at all and a coach that really knew me would would be able to bring you know, give me the coaching that I needed versus mm-hmm. someone, someone responds really great to tough love mm-hmm. and it, it works the same in the workplace. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I would just say, 
just to build on this, if you are a leader of people, I can guarantee you that there are people on your team who are apprehensive or even afraid coming to you to express how they really feel. Hmm. Or they might have circumstances where they had to really bottle up how they're really doing because they're afraid if they come to you, they're going to be seen as weak and not able to produce and not be the employee that you need them to be. And so they don't feel safe. They don't feel safe to come to you to express that. So the, the challenge is to create a safe space for that, to have open conversations in a ways that allow people to really grow in this, for us to grow in this as leaders. And then hopefully we can discern, is the person in the right spot or not? Or, and if they are, if we're going to continue to work with them, I know how to come alongside of them to really help them thrive. Mm. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to level up this conversation here for a second, David, because we, on the 1110 Leadership Podcast, this is about leadership, but as our intro so eloquently describes, this is also about cities rejoicing, which means we, we take on not just leadership, but just leadership. That's very much a, a, that complicates things a little bit. And so I want, I want you to run back through this conversation, really through the lens, not just of leadership, but of just leadership and talk about what is the role that EQ plays in being just as leaders? Well, as I think about the four qualities that we talk about of a just leader, seeing the whole playing field, building cultural competency, giving power away, and taking bold, courageous action, EQ is at the center of all of them. Seems relevant. I think it's pretty re- relevant. <laughs> and, you know, we could spend the whole time, mm. you know, talking through how those qualities intersect with EQ. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, seeing is about seeing ourselves and seeing others. Cultural competency, goodness, it's all about EQ and honestly being a professional at EQ to navigate the complex waters of culture and how we build trust and affirm people across cultural lines. Power and giving power away and understanding the dynamics of power in our leadership, how we think about decreasing so that others increase, disadvantaging ourselves for the advantage of others, knowing how to do that appropriately and well is a form of EQ. And then taking bold and courageous action, a lot of a lot of that is centered around persevering and being present and doing things that people don't see, being faithful. And and so you know, I would say that at the core of being just is the ability to develop EQ. Hmm. It's a I don't know, prerequisite's the right word. It's foundational to what it means to be a just leader. So we have a lot of uh, fun talking about this with our leaders because it's so, so relevant. Mm. And it's something that they're trying to develop for themselves and then try to build it in others. And so you're, you're on parallel streams, you know, <laughs> to, to grow personally and then to teach it and empower others to grow. Yeah, I, when the conversation goes here, it really gets exciting because when you think about the potential of this vision of building 
cultures at work of belonging, you know, and you really start to think about, well, how, how wide is this tent? How wide can we make this tent so that people from all walks of life across, all, you know, this intersects with the DEI conversation we, we had a couple podcast episodes ago of really being able to be strong at EQ so that we're not just learning to engage our own emotions and, and manage those and, and those around us, but those around us is a very wide tent and that all types of people feel really comfortable in our presence because they feel seen by us in the fullness of our full selves, right? And that's the kind of leaders that we want to be able to be. And I think that when you talk about Proverbs eleven ten and how we pursue that in a work context, a lot of it is going to be your interaction with your employees and those you lead. That's going to be where the, you have the most opportunity to practice EQ. It doesn't stay there. We talk about it moving outward to the city and to your community. It needs to go there eventually, but I think where you're going to have the most practice is going to be with the people that you see you know, day in and day out. And, and are, you, are you producing and working toward the type of culture at work that is inclusive in that way for people to be able to express in their emotions and they're creating that kind of safe space, as you mentioned earlier, which I think is huge. Yes. Hmm. So David, what's the bottom line here? It feels like we've just ruffled up the waters a ton when it comes to <laughs> managing emotions, giving people, give, give them something heading into Thanksgiving that's just really neat and tidy around EQ. You know, <laughs> I don't even know if that's possible, but I'm glad I'm asking the question and not having to answer it. Well, well, as we've been talking, I've been thinking about our bottom line, and in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'm going to have three bottom lines. The the you know a good spread at the Thanksgiving yeah. table, if you will. <laughs> Building off what you just said, we can really practice this at home. The ones you just mentioned who were with all the time, hmm. we can practice building EQ with our spouses, with our kids. That's good. Those we're closest to, and it's a great place for us to be able to do that. Number two is I just want to just say, give all of, give yourselves and the people you work with grace around this. This is something to build. It's not something that's set in stone and it takes time to build. So you're going to make mistakes. Other people are going to make mistakes. So grace is important as we think about building EQ. And then finally, going back to what I was saying earlier, if you're a leader of people, I want to encourage you to think about what can you do to make it safe for people that you lead to come to you and express their feelings? What does that look like for you? And how do you model that by being open and vulnerable with the people you lead? And to do that in such a way that really can move people forward and growing and thriving in their work and allowing you guys to really have open and honest conversations that get after what makes people tick so that everybody wins. And mm. so those are the three, family, grace, and safe space. That's great. That's great. And this is a thread that we're going to continue pulling on in upcoming episodes. So I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be, these things build as they often do in the series that we tackle. So I'm excited that this is, this sets a, a really great foundation for moving forward into kind of post Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to all. Happy Thanksgiving, Rob. All right, David. We'll see you next time. Bye. To learn more about 1110 Leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals, one, one, then spelled out T-E-N, 
oneteenleadership.com. That's oneteenleadership.com. There you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.